So we said earlier that all the Jewish presses, except for the one in Vilna, and there was one that was supposed to open in Shitamer, was closed by the Tsar in 1836. Uh, furthermore, the government was not really interested in allowing a second Jewish publishing house to open, and they kept on postponing the issue to, to, to give the permits for the Shitamer press which created even a bigger shortage of basic svarim, sedurim, chamashim. Ten years passed, and the government finally announced that it's going to allow the permit. However, they created another obstacle by demanding that the owner should pay the huge sum of 25,000 rubles. So Jewish community throughout Russia, they, they helped the sons of the Shapiro brothers raise the enormous sum of money. And the Shitamer Press was opened in 1847. And they continued on their father's path of only publishing Svarim, including Sifrei Hasidus. As the 10th anniversary of the press drew close, so Reb Chanino Lipa, Reb Ayaleib, and Reb Yeshua Heschel, right, all the, the Shapiro brothers, that were the Shapiro brothers' sons, Shapiro cousins, we'll call them, uh, they decided to celebrate it. Just like their fathers made a celebration when it was the 10th anniversary of their printing press by making a printing of the Shas. Or could be they printed the Shas in honor of their father's release, which was the previous year. And they were continuing the project that was so dear to their father's hearts. Whatever the reason, they worked on the Shas very, for a very long time. It took them six years to complete the project. And the chassidim of Rishmul Abba, so they relate the following story to show the final victory in the battle between the Shapiro brothers and the Tsar was their victory. So sometime after their release, Rishmul Abba, accompanied by some chassidim, were traveling to a certain town. And on the first night of their journey, they stopped off at an inn. While most of the chassidim were able to rest, the, the, there was one chassid who couldn't sleep. He keeps tossing and turning. Around midnight, he noticed the door of Reb Shmuel Abba's room opening. And he was surprised to see the tzaddik walking out holding a candle as if he was escorting someone. So pretending to be asleep, he saw Reb Shmuel Abba open the front door of the, of the kretschme, of the inn. And he bowed slightly, like his head. And then he closed the door behind him, but there was no one with him. So now he definitely couldn't sleep. If he couldn't sleep before, now he's really not going to sleep. And what was the meaning of this? What was this like weird thing that he just witnessed? Would his friends believe him if he saw, said he saw such a thing? So the next morning after everyone diving chakras, he told his friends what he had seen. And the friends saw that he wasn't joking. He was like really serious. So they believed him. And one of the Hasidim, who had, been, had a very close relationship with Reb Avram Abba, he ha- I'm sorry, Shmuel Abba, Avram Shmuel Abba. He, so he asked Shmuel Abba about it. So in the beginning of Shmuel Abba, it was like, eh, it was nothing, as if it was nothing out of the ordinary. However, the Chassidim realized that he was avoiding giving an explanation. And they understood it, that it must have a lot of significance, whatever took place, and he's just scared to say, or like, he doesn't want to say. Um... And, he, and, and, and as he kept giving more and more excuses, the Hasidim kept pushing harder and harder. And when he saw that the Hasidim are not going to leave him alone, 
without an explanation. So he said like this, last night before I went to sleep, the malach that was associated with Tsar Nikolai appeared to me and begged my forgiveness for the extreme torture he had decreed and inflicted on me. And the malach explained that he, meaning the Tsar, had no peace in the upper worlds due to the harsh punishment that was decreed on me. And he said, if I would forgive him, he, the Malach, would reward me greatly. However, I refused to forgive that Russia. And when the Malach saw that he's not going to succeed in getting forgiveness, so he left. But after all, every Malach, even, you know, is a Malach of Hashem. So out of respect, I accompanied the Malach out, out of the door. Now, as great as this victory was, it, it wasn't a victory that was noticed by many people. Most, most people didn't know this story, so it's not like people saw it as a victory. However, perhaps the greatest victory was accomplished 67 years later. This was after they passed away already. Uh, anyone ever heard of Reb Meir Shapiro? What is he famous for? Something that you didn't do every single day till today. No. Something to do with Gemara. Daf Yoimi. Right, so he made Daf Notice what his last name is? Shapiro. So he, he doesn't come from them. He's a, he comes from their brother. So he's like a great, great nephew of, of theirs. Um, so he's, he's a descendant of Mayor Shapiro was a descendant of Rapinchas Karitzer, and he's famous for, uh, for standing at the head of the famous yeshiva, Chachme Lublin, that he established. And his students stood out compared to other people from other yeshivas because it was known that they each mastered the entire shas, or at least major parts of it, by heart. Uh, additionally, his yeshiva was the first yeshiva to have a kitchen and a dormitory that never existed before. Until then, the minute was that you, every, every student had to find his own uh, you know, place to eat. So having a set place to, to, to eat in the kitchen, that would save a lot of time and they could spend more time learning. Now, while the legacy of Yeshiva's Chachmi Lublin is, is taka great. Reb Meir Shapiro is remembered for something else as well, as we mentioned, he, that touched the lives of basically every single Jewish community in the world till today, in the last hundred years. This is a hundred years ago. He founded Daf Yaimi in 1923. So he proposed, it was at the first Kinesia G'dayla of Rabbanim of Agudas Yisrael. We're going to talk about this uh, much later in the year. The, the concept of daf yoimi. And so according to his proposal, what was the idea? That every Jew, no matter where he lived, should learn the same page of Gemara every single day. Meaning, not that you learn the same page every single day. That every Yid all over the world will learn this page of Gemara, like daf Bez. The next day is going to be daf Gimel for everywhere in the world. And... And it would take seven and a half years to finish the entire shas. Um, so, so like he, he, he spoke about it. He says, imagine you have a yid 
who goes across the ocean to America and he gets to America and he goes into a shul and what's he doing? He's holding by the same blood. They're holding, he goes into a shear. They're learning the same Gemara he's learning in the same exact place. So Yid feels at home wherever he goes. Um, anyways, seven and a half years after he proposed this idea um, was the first Siyam Ashas. And he was there. He spoke by the first Siyam Ashas and he spoke about the greatness of the, the current followers of the Baal Shem Tev, emphasizing their chayas and joy when uh, fulfilling each and every mitzvah of Hashem.